This is Medical Mystery Monday with Yogi Doc. Thanks for tuning in to Yogi Doc. This month on Medical Mystery Monday, we will be discussing the infamous, the notorious, Dr. Death. Welcome friends, I'm Tiffany and I'm the creator of this platform, Yogi Doc. I run this show with my real life co-host, Dr. Shaz. And although we're real healthcare providers, we're not yours, so please consult with your own healthcare provider. All information on this podcast is for educational and informative purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice, standard of care, or any kind of provider-client relationship. And since privacy is at the utmost important to us, all personal experience has been altered to protect each individual. Now, let's get thriving! Monday morning. Monday morning. <laughs> Happy Monday. How are you? All right. Uh, not looking forward to Monday, I guess. Like, I feel like Monday's always super busy, but. I love Mondays. Oh, no. You love Mondays. You Monday. love work. You love, like. I love life. I love Mondays. All that. <laughs> Mondays are the best. You, you know, you can start off your week good and set that strong tone and, you know. I like Wednesdays. Great week. Huh? I like Wednesdays. You're already like in the groove of the productivity. You're kind of like in a nice settled in it. And then yet the weekend is so close too. It's like a perfect mid. Yeah, but when you're in the grind, is there really a weekend? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, we have had a good response for our Medical Mystery Mondays. So I'm kind of excited. We're like talking about possibly doing it weekly or bi-weekly instead of okay. just monthly coming up. So, okay. you know, we'll see how everybody loves your story. I'm excited to hear. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a topic that's been kind of been circulating and talked about for, you know, for years, the last five, six years, maybe more. Um, you know, the, uh, it's been on the news. There's been. Oh, about the Dr. Death. Yeah. A couple yeah. of documentaries about it. And, you know, people ask me about it, you know, kind of, kind of just wanted to know, because, you know, they may know the gist, but then, like, you know, how does something like this happen, and how does, you know, how does this happen in healthcare, and it's, it's actually crazy. I mean, yeah. it is a story that, you know, as a physician myself, when I, like, when I look at, when I, when I looked into it more, like, I was just I don't know what the word yeah. is bamboozled. Like I was. Is it the? Is this story like more recent? Yeah, I mean it's you know it's after you know really after 2010. I mean it's okay. So you know, like, do you think like a lot of these stories? You're like, oh well, there wasn't as much regulation. Like, it was like way back. Oh no, when, this is. But this is like we were okay. Now I'm excited. We were. Like, this was not that long. There ago. were like, regulations. There were iPhones <laughs> and there was what? There was all this stuff. Yeah, I mean. This guy is used as like the analogy of like almost like evil in medicine, you know, like yeah. Well, we don't want another Doctor Death again. And then... Intense, man, intense. Absolutely. I know when I was like, oh, what's the title of like what's going on? And you said Doctor Death. I'm like, dude, I cannot wait until Monday morning. Yeah. And it was like the first time I've ever looked forward to Monday morning. Monday morning. Exactly. <laughs> I, like, so I hope to great. make your Monday mornings worth looking forward to all of you. As well as you, Tiffany. Oh so my gosh, tell me, tell me, This tell is me. just a wild story, yeah. I mean, again, I cannot believe this happened, but... Um, and like I said, you know, it's, it's, really insane, it's really insane on so many levels, um, you know, kind of what happened, how the regulation was. But, you know, just let's just do a little background about this guy before we get into, you know, 
the nitty gritty. So there's a guy, his name is Christopher Dutch. Um, so this guy is born in Montana, you know, in 1971. Um, you know, his dad's a physical therapist. His mom's a school teacher. This guy played high school football. Um, and he even played college football. Um, you know, at a at a small school, then transferred actually to I think it was Colorado State. Um, but this guy ends up going after college, going to University of Tennessee for medical school, and then goes into his residency in in neurosurgery, also at the University of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you, you know that don't know about the you know the medical world. Or how, you know how the education goes. You know, you go to four years of college. You know, you take the MCAT, which is the entrance entrance exam, and then you go to medical school, and then you apply for a residency, and that's a training in a certain specialty. So it could be, you know, general surgery. It can be pediatrics. It can yeah. be neurology, neurosurgery, whatever. And each one is a different length. Neurosurgery is seven years. Yeah. Right? So I remember, like, side note. On this episode of Gilmore Girls, where, like, Rory talks about um, her friends, I can't think of her name right now, is, like, going on this date the mom set up or whatever with this future doctor or whatever. And he's like, oh, how old is he? And she's like, 16. He goes, oh, so he'll be a doctor in 100 years? Yeah, that's (laughs) That's uh, what it's like. I I don't know how you managed to get a Gilmore Girls reference into this, but somehow you did. I love Um, But But that is, that's true. So... (laughs) <laughs> and the University of Tennessee is a great school. It's not some, like, it's a hard to get into school. They have great education, great training. So this guy goes into residency, finishes his residency after seven years, and also does a, a PhD program. Like, he's, he's yeah. not stupid. Like, this guy is smart. <laughs> um, so he's got an MD and a PhD, and then he moves to Texas to start practicing. Play the game. Yeah. You know, start practicing medicine. And that's kind of where the story is going to start now. So, so there's a patient, you know, we'll just call them uh, Mrs. A. Okay. Um, she's out there in, in Garland, Texas. And she had injured her back while, while taking down Christmas decorations. I mean, that's just a freak accident. That could happen to anybody. Man, that's so dangerous. Yeah. You know, I've heard of people I get always, hurt taking down Christmas decorations. My dad but, just like hops up on the roof and he goes and I'm always like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching him I'm like, no. So she's just taking down stuff in, in, and not even on the roof, just in, in her kitchen off the walls and stuff. Oh, um, maybe on like a one or you know, two step ladder falls back and ends up hurting her back. Okay. So she goes into the hospital. She sees this Dr. Dunst, and who she's told is this young, you know, young spine surgeon, cutting edge kind of guy, just came out here from, you know, big programming at, you know, the University of Tennessee. And, yeah, and he's in Texas now? He's in Texas now. So, you know, she sees him, and he recommends an MRI, which is the correct thing to do. The MRI shows that there is, you know, a part of the, you know, the, the kind of spinal... Um, disc and it was torn between two different you know vertebra and that's the two different bones of the spine and and it was dislocated kind of like into the you know you know spinal canal where the spinal cord runs in those holes probably touching some of the nerves 
And that's why it was hurting okay. so much. All right. And I can see that. Can you picture that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a piece of this disc that's kind of bulging into the spinal canal, kind of making the spinal cord having a lot of... Because it's a very small area. There's a very tight space. You can't really have something yeah. in there that doesn't belong there. And so he, you know, he recommends a procedure called a laminectomy. Okay. Now, this procedure is, is very common in the, yeah, in the neurosurgery world. And, you know, what they do is they basically remove a part of the bone in that spinal, you know, vertebral, uh, you know, body called the lamina. And it allows there to be more space, you know, and there, therefore the, the spinal cord is not being kind of compressed or anything. Okay. Very common surgery. Um, can sometimes be done outpatient, um, but most of the time, you know, they stay in the hospital for about a night just to make sure the pain control is okay. Right. So you know, he recommends that procedure, which is the correct thing. That's not incorrect. And, you know, probably any other neurosurgeon would have recommended. So she's scheduled for that surgery, goes into the surgery to get the spine fixed, okay? Mm-hmm. She goes down to pre-op, her husband's there with her, you know, that's where they kind of put you on the gown, get your IVs ready and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff, kind of, you know, get a little bit nervous if you've ever been to a pre-op before. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the, hus- the husband's like, yeah, he's told, you know, this is going to be about an hour-ish surgery, you know, sit in the waiting room, we'll come get you when she's out of surgery and in recovery, we'll let you know how it's going. So... The hour goes by, and just you know, just picture yourself in a waiting room. Without you know, after an hour, you're you're gonna go ask, "What's going on? You know, where are we at? You know, nothing to be nervous about." But the husband goes up to that operating room front desk and just asks, "How's it going?" And the person at the desk says, "Hey, you know, they're still in surgery, and you know, just just you know, it's okay. Just go ahead and sit back down, and we'll, we'll come get you when when things are okay." He goes, "Okay." And he goes and he sits down, and then another few hours go by, mm-hmm. and still he's, he's heard nothing. My heart rate going up. Yeah, <laughs> he heard, hears nothing, and then finally, like, Dr. Dunch comes out into the waiting room and said that after, and that's after like two or three hours now, right? Mm-hmm. That he comes out and says, you know, hey, surgery went okay, but, you know, your wife needs to go to the ICU to recover and finish up. Okay, so I know you should never, like, really joke about being in the ICU. It's very serious. My dad used to say this joke when I was a little kid. He used to be like, honey, you know why they have the gowns open in the back? And I would be like, what? He's why? like, because I see you. Oh, oh, my God, that was so corny. <laughs> and the husband was like, wow, that sounds, you know, intense. It is the intensive care unit. Yeah. And uh, that's just not something that he was told to expect, but, you know. Again, you know, trusting his doctor and trusting his word and, okay. Now, for someone who's not in medicine, that might sound okay. But to me, um, you know, again, because of what I do, I'd you know, you want to ask more questions. Why is something that could have been outpatient surgery now ending up in intensive care? How is that okay? Um, what happened? Exactly. You know? like, why would that be, why would that be a thing? Yeah. You know, so, so they, they come on down and, and they're there. And, you know, one of the daughters mentioned, um, and I read this in a couple of reports, that when they came in, the personnel at the OR desk and then the front desk were just kind of acting weird as if they didn't want to say anything. 
Um, and just something information was not being told to them, they felt like. So the family's escorted. This is the so now the father and the, and the daughters are escorted from um, like this waiting room by the operating room into another waiting room where they're alone. Yeah, okay. like a private. And I think mm-hmm. they do that kind of often when they talk to families. They put it in a private waiting room. And we have HIPAA now. We can't be discussing people's personal information. No, absolutely correct. So, so I do think that that's kind of okay. Yeah, I mean, it's scary yeah. and it's nerve-wracking and it's like, oh no, like something serious is going on. Right, but then right. I also feel like we also need to remind ourselves too that it could be just it could personal be. information. They no, can't absolutely say it could be. So, so. You know, they're brought into this other waiting room and then an, an ER doc. Not the spine doc, not you know, okay, not the surgeon. Else. An ER doc comes out and says, you know, they're working on her, but she's bleeding from somewhere, and we're trying to figure out where and get it under control. And he walks away. Okay. Uh, and so, like now, their hearts are racing. Like, okay, I mean, like. And on but, one hand, I, I'm both ways on that. Like, I would want to speak to the actual doctor that did the surgery, the person who I'm supposed to. Like, it would make me concerned that I'm hearing from another doctor. But then on the other hand, I'm also like, I'm glad the doctor that's supposed to be taking care of it is with the person, and somebody else is right. coming to be the message. So it's like both. Like, you want to be consoled, you, yeah, and then you want to. But be, you also want that person taking care yeah, of your family so. for sure. And then that. ER doctor comes back in and says she's gone into cardiac arrest and we're working on her. Okay, so like what do you think brought her into cardiac arrest? Just kept bleeding and kept yeah. bleeding and kept bleeding until there's no blood left and there's no blood left to pump. I've, yeah, so it all oh, it all same. bled out, yeah. So it went into shock. So the ER doc comes in and says, you know, we're working on her, they're doing CPR and trying to get her back. What? Like that's just, yeah. wait, what? Trying to get her back? So I mean, she's, mean she's not done. here right now? Yeah. Um, you know, a certain amount of time goes by. Gosh, that gets to be so upsetting. Yeah. A certain amount of time goes by, and the ER doc comes back and says, you know, the words you never want to hear from as a family member and the words as docs we hate to say, we did everything we could. Yeah. Oh, man. And she couldn't make it. She didn't make it. And, it, like, you're not planning that. You're going in no. for some a simple procedure. Yeah. You don't. And then it hit the family that she's gone. <sighs> she's, she's actually gone. Um, you know, so this was a surgery that could have been done outpatient sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe like a night in the hospital on tops. I mean, not even. And, and would, I feel like that would be like if you have complications. Yeah. You know? Or just, um, just like, for pain control sometimes people do like, it. Like before they come in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, for yeah, pain control. Yeah, pain's too much for a night yeah. or a surgery. You stay in the hospital for that. But this is not a huge surgery, mm-hmm. you know, in any way. And, and uh, so this is definitely not something that. This one, the you, scope, right? Um, it's sometimes they do a scope. scope. Maybe they just make a small incision. Yeah, you know, it's a, like a vertical cut. Um, yeah. this is ridiculous. Yeah. And she, you know, she's she she's dead. She passes on. Yeah. Um. Oh. And uh, but you know, like and like the argument argument can be made, like well, there's risks in surgery, and sometimes things go wrong, and people's bodies react to anesthesia or just certain maybe some medications and yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes things happen that are, are not, our, that are like not in our control. Clots. Yeah, but the family's not really given any of these details. Yeah. And and they're not really given a timeline of what happened. And, and you know, like, that's that's hard. And, you know, go over the course of events, and they didn't, you know, Dr. Dunst didn't come out and do that with them. Yeah. Um, and that's something that should have happened. Uh, out of respect. So, yeah, so, so we had that patient right there. So we're going to go ahead in the timeline now, three months. 
Oh, we have another one. We're going to have multiple scenarios. Okay. Know? We're going to have... We're going to go ahead in the timeline now. Three months. So he's not stopped at this point. No. No, no. Oh, goodness. Um, and, you know, we're going to go to Dallas Medical Center. Now we have patient okay. so Mrs. Still in Texas. Mrs. B. Patient B. All right. Okay. So there's always, like, a lot of good doctors in certain cities, and they're kind of known very well, you know? There is a doctor by the name of Dr. Robert Henderson. He's out in Dallas. He's a spine surgeon, also at Dallas Medical Center. And, like, this guy's a legend. You know, if you want surgery done in the Dallas area in your spine, yeah. you try to find this guy. So he's one of the good guys? One of the good, yeah. Or does he mix up? No, no. Good, good guy. Oh, he's and, a good guy. Yeah, and he's right. talented, and he's careful, and he has great results. Team so Henderson. Patient, patients love him, yeah. <laughs> so patient B... You know, it's a patient that, that it's almost like she's been having, you know, spine problems for some time, hip problems, and at a certain point had lost, pretty much lost function in her, on the left side of her hip and her left thigh, couldn't even bring her leg up and her feet up anymore, oh, and almost lost gosh. function in, in both, you know, lower extremities, but mainly the left side, couldn't walk anymore for that reason. She's needs to go into surgery again for like another time she's been having back problems for some time been operating on multiple times by different docs and so dr henderson gets called in team henderson to go team henderson gets called in <laughs> to go into the spine surgery and try to maybe fix what had been done previously you know <clears throat> in, oh yeah so he's like past. fixing the botch surgery exactly so right. when he goes into this lady's you know spine he sees a screw that's penetrating through her spinal cord. Ah. So it's not even Ouch. like, oh, it was just maybe off by a little bit. No, no, this screw is going. Yeah, no, like your hip is here her and your spine is there. Like, yeah, it is going not, through her spine. Like, how long cord. of a screw could and, you and, have and how, had in? How, yeah. And how is this person even having what? any function? And how long has it been there like yes. that? Yes. Like, how much pressure is that putting on your spinal cord? Yeah, and so he goes in there, and he is just, you know, he, he can't even describe what he's seen during this surgery, and and even describes it as... How could anybody? Yeah. Right? Like, how would you document that? <laughs> described it as, like, an erector set just kind of sitting there in someone's spine. Um, you know, he... You know, he, he was... You know, he fixed it. Um... But he couldn't believe that someone would actually do this surgery and say that it was done, and then yeah. completed it ethically. Um, like, yeah, I mean, or even just like doing the work. Like, you wouldn't just leave some like Legos in someone's <laughs> spine and just be like, "Oh yeah, I'm done." You know? Um, yeah. I mean, I know there's mistakes, and I've heard a lot of like sponges being left inside yeah, I mean, or just, things like that. Which is, you know, not great for malpractice or anything in no, that sort, not. But, but not really like sometimes those are accidents. Sometimes those are accidents and spines. Sometimes those are yeah. accidents, and like you, yeah, you know, you can misplace or miscount things. But just like, bare, it's like not even screwing something in when you're like putting like, you know, even if you were just like working in, on tools, like in your in your garage, you would screw stuff in, make sure it's tight. Because yeah. it's dangerous to not if you were making something. Yeah, Likewise, yeah. you know, the, the screws and stuff you use in surgery, they kind of look the same as the ones you use, like, in your toolbox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I remember that. <laughs> so, you know, he, he gets the case done, and it's, uh, you know, it goes well. 
And you know, he is he's in the doctor's lounge at his hospital, and there's another doctor that's that's there. His name is uh, his name is Doctor Kirby. He's the vascular surgeon, and he's like on the board of different hospitals, and so. All right. Is he on Team Henderson or he's team on Dad? Team Henderson? He's a good guy. Okay. Okay. So I'm he's, just checking. No, it's like a good question. So he's so they're in the they're in the doctor's lounge, and he's like, man, like I just did the surgery, and it was like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, and it looked like a you know like an erector set in someone's spine. And I can't believe someone actually thought this was done. Yeah. Kirby goes, huh? We've had a couple of, ca- of bad cases in the Dallas area. Oh my gosh. Who, who did this surgery? And he goes, and they looked it up and it was the Dr. Dunch. And then Kirby goes, you know, three months ago, there was a bad case out in, in Garland, Texas. I think oh, it was the same so he's guy. he's like bouncing around. Yeah. And so they start piecing stuff together and started looking into a couple of things and found out that you know, Dunch had done both these surgeries. And then oh Kirby began gosh. to hear some other really kind of like absurd news from different OR staffs and medical staffs. He's, he's on medical boards in a lot okay, of places yeah. in, in, in different hospitals in Dallas. Man. And so he's starting to hear like what this guy's been doing, this, this Dunch guy and what he's been doing. And it's kind of it's ludicrous. And they find out there's actually more than just two. There's a lot more that he's kind of... So he's just like leaving tools inside of people. Leaving tools inside of people or just not doing things properly. And, and so... You know, you take it as a personal, you know, almost like a personal insult. And so you're like, let's find out more about this guy and see what he's doing. So get this. So Dr. Henderson actually calls the chief of neurosurgery at the University of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. He was like, hey, this is, well, we got this guy. He's from, you know, from the same, from this program. He's very trained. Like, let's, can you tell me, tell me about him and tell me about what's what's been going on so they find out that you know dunce had some issues in his residency um he actually had problems with cocaine and alcohol during his fifth year residency and he had he actually had been intoxicated um the night before he had to present actually to the hospital board in tennessee like that's how irresponsible he was um, you know, he didn't just have an ego, he had a God complex. You know, the, the neurosurgery residencies require the residents to do like a thousand, almost a little bit less than a thousand surgeries during their training, right? Mm-hmm. And you see everything, they do like, you know, spine ones and this and that. And Dunch had somehow gotten to his residency only having done about a hundred. What? And somehow got through. And like, how? There was no like stop to like, oh, you haven't done enough, do another yeah. year. Somehow that happened. Okay. Um, you know, they weren't, they weren't not sure. not these mistakes. Yeah, yeah they weren't mistakes. sure how that happened, but, but it did. And how, why is there not like a, a, a fail-proof thing here? I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's kind of wild. But, but there has to be a way to make sure you check these kind of things and you don't let people, yeah. you know, remediate people or whatever. But, you know, they so they go through all these finals information and they revoke his privileges from, okay, from Dallas Medical Center. Okay. And he's removed from the hospital, removed from the one in Garland um, because this guy's a problem. You know, he's, yeah. he didn't get the training he needed. 
that he, you know, that he did, and he's got, like I said, he's got not just an ego problem, but there's a god complex. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, emails between him and hospital staff I'd that, say that as just a show that just previous nurse that, just uh, saying how a cool lot of yeah. ortho doctors <laughs> seem to follow the stereotype of that kind of complex. Right. I right. will say that. So back to the timeline. We're gonna go three months later. Okay. Okay. So no, traveling three months, three months, three months. So after that surgery that he saved, and then three months later. So there's this meeting of different hospitals in Dallas, oh, and man. a bunch of hospital yeah. administrators are there. You know, there's all these different board members that are there. It's like some kind of convention type thing. Okay. You know that happens in all the cities. Yeah. You know, and they all you all get together and you talk about what your hospitals are doing. Yeah. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. I used to go to my mom with meetings like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you wear nice suits or dresses and you and you have fancy hors d'oeuvres, you know. Yeah. So both doctors, Henderson and Kirby, are both at this thing. And there's, you know, they're introducing people. And so the, the director from University Medical Center out in Dallas comes up. He's like, oh, Dr. Henderson, Dr. Kirby, you know. We're doing great things at University Medical Center. We're having, a, you know, got new funding and we're opening new different programs. And I want you to meet our new chief of, of, of spine surgery. And these guys turn around and there's Dr. Dunn standing right there. Like how? I thought they revoked his license. From the hospital at Dallas Medical Center and Garland, but not University Medical Center. They so he should have lost it, like, across the board. That's not how it works, though. What do you mean? And so these guys are just... Like they've seen a ghost. Yeah. They cannot believe this guy is standing got... in front of them at this meeting. Yeah. And somehow he got another job. Like, how is he? Man, he must be so good at interviews and stuff. He's... Oh, just, you know, his his resume is like 13 pages and it's made him, you know, oh you can look God. good He's on paper. He's going to be like Mr. Smooth. Like and ten, so like these guys, me. you know, you also University Hospital, University Medical Center didn't know anything about all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he didn't Henderson, Dr. Henderson, Dr. Kirby, like they talked to all the directors and they're like, hey, let me tell you about this guy. Yeah. And they told yeah. him, but here's a problem. There really was no paper trail. Are you kidding me? So they removed him. They did all this stuff, but they didn't file anything anywhere. What? Like, it's, like, it's kind of like... We've learned nothing but, like, if it's not documented, it's not done. Correct. How is there not a paper trail? Well, so there's a thing called the National Provider database npdb is what it's called okay uh -huh. and all doctors are in this you know database and if you do anything like bad or wild or whatever you get reported to this thing uh -huh. and it you know they investigate it and if it's real they it's not like someone can call somebody and be like yeah this doctor yeah. punched me in the face <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah you know and then you're screwed <laughs> you know it's they investigate it you gotta show documentation of where okay. you where the, where the doctor went bad. Somebody's then, looking into that. And then it's, yeah, and it's, and it's reviewed by a bunch of doctors and then it's put in this database. And that's kind of how, it's like the policing, you know, way, or, the, you know, the way to govern docs yeah. and what they're doing. Well, they report nothing to this. What they did was when they got him removed, they just, they kept it internally, right? They that did their stuff good. and just booted him out, you know, and didn't, you know, didn't tell anybody, probably. You gotta follow through. You do. And let me tell you something. 48% of hospitals do not actually submit stuff to the national database. What? 48%. So when they have oh problems with docs or bad things happen, 
No one tells anybody. They just, like, kick them out. Why do you think that is? Is it because it, like, looks bad on the hospital? Or is it because, like, we're just so short on doctors? <laughs> like, I actually don't know. That's a great question. I mean, those are just, like, my guesses. You know, I'm sure there's more. I, I don't think it looks bad in the hospital. I know it's a lot of work. And, you know, it's yeah, probably, probably a, lot, they of a lot of review. And there's, I don't know, do we not have resources for it? Like, I don't know. Like, that's. Yeah, I don't know. That's, it, I'm that's, sure there's multiple reasons that's, that like, that's like a crime. Be. That's like a crime happening, and then you like not call the police. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's like if you um, if in, if you were a conspiracy in a murder or something like that, or what is it called? Like when you're like part of it, and if you don't or you know about it, accomplice. you don't report it. Yeah, an then you're a part of it. I mean, right? so it, well, it's just like see, you know having yeah, a crime happen, and you just beating up the criminal, and then kicking him out, and that's it. Not yeah. calling the cops, not having anything happen to that person. So. But believe it or not, 48% did not report it. Wow. So. That's crazy. Despite these conversations with the medical staff at University, University Hospital. Yes, yes. Hender- Team Henderson, Henderson and, and Team Dr. Kirby. Henderson and Dr. Kirby. They really can't stop this guy from operating now. Like, you can't just kick somebody out because someone told you. They don't you. have, like, a so many, like, a period of time that they could go back and report? You could, but there's no way, like... The way that the University Medical Center doc said is like, he's done nothing wrong yet. Oh, yeah, because it's not. There's no paper trail. Yeah. Like, he's done nothing wrong. Like, you can't, it's like you can't just take someone's word and be like, yeah. well, I'm going to fire you now because these people, these said, people so. said, yeah. yeah. I mean, I word get of the that. Is that. You're a psycho. I mean, you, yeah. you know, you can't just fire someone for that. So he gets to operate and he gets to. Oh my gosh. I know. Oh I my know. gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh so my now gosh. we have another patient. We're going to say, you know, Mr. C. Okay, patient C. So this guy injured his back in a motorcycle accident. Ooh, you know, needed some spine surgery. Ouch, and ended up finding Dr. Dunst, right, online. Uh-huh. This guy had reviews. This patient said this guy had reviews that said he was one of the best surgeons in the Dallas area. Um, you know, had a great reputation. Which just so shows like some positive which, situations. Which, yeah, well, sorry. So he has some positive situations. Well, here's the thing: is those health grades online? Like they can all be fake. Oh. I mean, if I want to go into I my really health grade, about it like that. Yeah. If I want to go to my health grade, I'd give myself like seven reviews and put them all five star and be like, Doctor Mod is the, just the best darn doc <laughs> in, the, in the Las yeah, Vegas I guess area. Just, like never crossed my mind. You know, to do that. or you can go in and people's reviews can be poor. It's like a Yelp review, right? Like, yeah. What do you really? Yeah, who's make, really monitoring yeah, that? Well, it's just your opinion. And if yeah. you, like, you know, if you go somewhere and, and they make you mad, you can give them a bad one. If you go somewhere and they make you happy, they can give you a good one. I mean, it doesn't yeah. mean anything, right? And so, um, you know, there's there's just, you know, this good reason this guy. So this patient's like, yeah, I'm going to have uh, this guy do my surgery and blah, blah. So this guy's mm-hmm. surgery day comes, okay? All right. Goes down into... Pre-op, you know, I guess, you know, that's what you, the gowns put on, yeah, you get your IVs put in, you're wearing that weird, you know, head cap. Hair net. Yeah, the, and so he's just waiting. He's getting ready for surgery, so he's waiting. And he starts waiting for hours. And hours. And hours. And he's just waiting. Hmm. And the, so the doc's not... where he doesn't come talk to the family? Well, the doc's not there, they're saying. And he's not here oh, yet. he didn't show up. And so this guy's ready to leave. He actually pulls out his IV. And I was like, oh, I'm going home. I'm just going to go home. His wife's ready to take him home. I get that. And finally, Dunst shows up. He walks in. He's like, I had a flat tire. <sighs> Wait, what? You had a flat tire? He had a flat tire. 
and he actually came came in a cab, which is kind of weird. I don't know what I would do if my surgeon shows up in a taxi. Well, I mean, if you have a flat tire and he doesn't have a car. I guess, but call a friend? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have friends. A lot of doctors are very antisocial. That, well, okay. That's you know, true. they're too okay. busy studying for friends. They're here to work, <laughs> not make friends. <laughs> but, you know... So my mom used to tell the, me. But the thing the patient said was that he didn't like is that this guy didn't call anyone to let yeah. him know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this call the hospital, call the OR front desk, phones. and tell them. Yeah. Yeah, tell them, hey, I'm late. Um, you know, X, Y, and Z. Let the patient know. We can always reschedule it, or we can, you know, they can wait up to them. You yeah, know? yeah. But he didn't call anyone, no. And, and he, it's not like him, yeah. he didn't mention that he didn't have signal, but I yeah. don't know. I well, and that's always possible, that. and you never know. I, I do like how that. you look at you look at all the angles. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I always try to find like the positive or like the, <laughs> another way it could happen. So but. obviously, this guy's, you know, the patient is frustrated, which is you know, rightfully so. Um, not you know not happy about all that that's going on and um you know he ends up going into surgery still oh he still does that yeah he still does it um you know and so i mean he's like i'm already here let's just let's just do it you know so he goes to surgery uh and wakes up and he can't move he's paralyzed what yeah I thought, like, maybe he was just, like, numb or something. No, he says that he can't move. Paralyzed? He can't move one arm completely. He's got to be pissed. He can wiggle a little bit in the lower legs. Can't talk. Oh, no. And he's got excruciating pain. Oh, no. So. Like, trapped in your body right now. Basically. So, Dunst goes and tells the wife that they found a tumor in this guy's spine, and it bled like crazy. Oh, and they had to actually abort. But he had no history of it. No, and he had to, and he had to abort an the surgery. That's the thing is, like, you would have seen it on those scans on MRI yeah, before yeah. surgery, but you didn't see it. He said, and it bled like crazy. Grow overnight. And they had to actually abort the surgery. They didn't even do it. Oh. They went there and it was bleeding so much. Did he just like cut the spinal cord? You'll see. Okay. Right. So. He ends up, you know, during his recovery, he gets, like, multiple infections in the spinal cord oh. area, and where, the, where the cut is, multiple wound infections, you know, and, you know, each day, like, you know, during recovery and stuff, Dunst walks in, it's like, this is normal, this happens. Um, you know, all that pus coming out. I mean, like, every day, Dunst, you surgeries know, do get I, infected, but I don't know if I would say it's, like, typical. Yeah, so, you know, because after surgery, each day, that doc comes in and kind of rounds on you and see how yeah, you're yeah. doing. Each day, he's like, oh, this is normal. At least he comes in and, like... Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah, this is normal. I'm trying to look at the positive of what he's doing here, <laughs> you know? Doing the bare minimum? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> comes in, this, this, shows up. This is normal, <laughs> and you're fine, and blah, blah. And the wife's really angry. Yeah. And I she's like, it's actually not normal. And the wife even says in a report that one time when Dunch was talking and saying things were normal... She looks up behind Dunch, and the nurse is back there, just like shaking her her head no, yeah. with like with like wide eyes, like this is not normal. Yeah. Like what he's saying yeah. is not correct. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, and, and so so Dunch walks in each those days, and he, and he says, you know, well, because there was a tumor, you know, because the guy asks, you know, like, well, what about my arm? I can't move my arm still, you know. 
And Dutch is like, well, because of your tumor, I don't tell you. That's what he says. I don't know what to tell you about your arm. And it walks away. Because of a tumor. Yeah. Like, like things is, like again, like. enough about that to at least say something. Or... Again, like, these are medical medical people and then they have, you know, they don't have medical training obviously and so you know it's like if you don't know anything about cars and a mechanic tells you like yeah this, yeah, the, yeah. this is this because this cord was messed up it's not working you're not going to question it unless you know what they're talking about right yeah so same thing and so finally like you know things aren't going well the next day around you know 2 p.m you know dr kirby Back from Dallas Medical Center, gets a call from the CEO of the University Hospital and says, "You know they have a huge complication of a patient here, and they want this patient transferred actually to a different hospital, actually over to Methodist Hospital in Dallas, and to be transferred and to be to be you know try to see if they can correct some of these issues." And so, you know, they get when they actually look into what happened in the surgery. Let me explain. Okay. Well, let me explain to you what happened. Okay, so they look, they did look. So into first it. of all, the because you, you know if you're going to be transferring somebody like this, you have to go over the surgery with the docs and explain yeah. and explain what happened and explain because you want to know what you're getting into, right? You look, you know, when they when, when Kirby kind of looked at everything. Here's what happened: the incision for the surgery was in the wrong place. First what? of all, first of all, what? Well. So it's supposed to be. It was upper. It was okay. supposed to be in the upper, upper neck area, neck. you know, in the upper neck area. But he cervical spine. Yeah, made the incision in the wrong spot. Okay. Ending ended up cutting the esophagus. Wait, isn't that in the front? That, that's in front of the spinal cord. <laughs> wait, I'm even questioning my own anatomy now because I'm like, wait cut a second, how esophagus. is he doing this? I'm like, cut a nerve that runs next to no. the windpipe called the laryngeal nerve and that's the one that controls your vocal cords yeah. that's why he couldn't talk yeah 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 okay oh my gosh cut the vertebral artery the artery that's running to supply blood to the spinal cord and then packed it with sponge and left the sponge in there to stop the bleeding well we did talk about doctors leaving sponges places okay. oh my and goodness and then just closed them up so he went in there, cut the wrong stuff, cut everything, like just cut everything wrong, and it was like, oh crap! Packed some sponge in there and stitched him up. Did he like? Wait, what? Yeah. No tumor, no none of that stuff. Oh my gosh! So at this time, Doctor Kirby is like, is just determined. This guy is just trying to actually kill people now, because it is so like out there. That you so can't, negligent. Yeah, you can't even because like that's the opposite side. Like, how do you not know that like the patient's not looking at you or like you know like how do you cut here and here? Like, I don't get it. Well, you can sometimes make the incision in the front, uh-huh. um, but to cut all those structures, like yeah, to go through you, to it, like did, you, it's did he use like a butcher spot. knife? Like, I mean, did he not use like a scalpel? Like, it went, it just went too deep. I mean, there's just so many things that it's, went wrong. Man, yeah, right. I can imagine. So. This guy does get his stuff, you know, fixed and all the repairs done. Gets functional, okay, so okay. gets function of the arm back. All oh, those things. Oh, it was yes. Okay. Um, but here's where you know Doctor Kirby and Doctor Henderson are like, hey, this guy's trying to kill people. He's yeah, not just yeah. messing up. 
He's yeah. actually trying to hurt people. So it's more intentional now. now. Yeah, now it's time it's to put like, a stop oh, to it. It's not like, oh, he's like showing up drunk and or, or he's, screwing up. Or it's not like, oh, poor guy, like, didn't get trained well. Let's just train him better. No, no, no he's no. actually trying yeah. to hurt humans. Yeah. Okay? So, this, you know, like I said, the patient goes back to surgery and gets everything kind of fixed up. And then Dr. Kirby speaks to this patient and his wife and explains what happened. Okay. So now, now they're going to start taking action. Okay. Yeah. So the patient, they, as well as those other doctors, they start writing letters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Start writing letters to the Texas Medical Board. The wife actually goes to the police. Um, and, yeah. And, 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 and she was told that the police didn't have any resources to really do anything about it. You know, like this is not, you can't prove that, you know. Um, they write tons of letters. They try, They write, you know, to to the DA's office. They, you know, medical malpractice people. Yeah. The boards of different hospitals. But so finally, this guy's license gets revoked oh, after yeah. all this time. It's and it's like on the front page of the newspaper with pictures of patients on the front page, like that victim A, patient A that, that ended up dying. That person's pictures on the front of the paper also. I mean, imagine how that is as a family member a couple years later. And so, you know, despite all this, believe it or not, you know, Dr. Dunst is still able at this time to get licensed elsewhere if he wants to. Oh, like in another state? He could if he wanted to. And and Kirby's aware of this. That's why he calls the DA's office in Dallas and tries to get, like, government-type, you know, personnel involved. Like, it's not just about yeah, getting yeah. kicked out of, say, Texas. Like, they got to stop it elsewhere. Everywhere, yeah. Right. So, DA had to investigate, is this a malpractice case or actual criminal case? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they sent out over 800 subpoenas. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. You know, patients were number. patients were interviewed. Families were interviewed. Cases were reviewed. Like, this is, it's not something that just, you know, you can't just come show up. Just to make a, doc- a doctor not get a license in any state, you can't just have, like, oh, here's two yeah, or yeah, three. Yeah. You have to have enough. And so... To show that it's criminal and that it's, like... Exactly. You know, and yeah, so... intentional. And, and, and just how how bad it can be, you know, and so... The negligence of it, yeah. You know, they go through so many cases, um, you know, to the, you know, to the extent, um, and then, then find out, Really, everything comes to light. What he's, you know, what he's done. Um, there was thirty plus cases in which patients were like, you know, maimed. You know, they were dismantled, and and there were a few deaths. You know, um, oh man. You know, and that's you know that's harsh, and so yeah, and you want to prevent that. You know, exactly. Sure. You know, and and it takes time. You know, to get all this stuff done. Definitely um, see where he got his name. Yeah, I mean, and when so you, I mean, you have that many subpoenas going out. I can imagine how many can families you imagine? Yeah, really? and so like, you know, yeah, this guy kinda... goes to court. Go, you know, there's a criminal case, you know, with sentencing and everything for it. Um, this guy's um, ends up being charged, and this is a year and a half after his license was revoked, and this was in 2015. This oh, yeah. this guy is charged with. Um, actually charged with six felony accounts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Uh-huh. And that weapon is the surgical tools, tools he uses, yeah. you know. Um, with five counts of aggravated assault causing serious bodily injury. 
um, and even injury to an elderly person. You know, and this was the reason why I say, you know, year and a half, I want you to know, is because there's a statute of limitations that exists in medicine. So you, like, can't sue somebody or file a case against somebody after a certain amount of time mm-hmm. before, before the case, you know, before yeah. the time occurred. And they got all this stuff kind of filed and everything within, you know, with four months left before the statute of limitations oh, would, have, would have run out. Yeah. yeah, I know there's a statute with certain things, but I just, I didn't realize that with healthcare cases, it's that soon. It's that soon. Like, so, and every state's different. It's not like some, some states have no limit, but Texas is two years. Um, and so, you know, he is, uh, you know, indicted and found guilty of these accounts. And, um, you know, after a 13 day trial, um, on February, in February of 2017, 2017, this is just a few years ago in 2017, he's actually sentenced to life in prison. Um, you know, um, does he have like a chance of parole or so he he's like- eligible for parole in 2045 in 2045 he will be 74 years old at that time yeah. and but he is i mean he is uh incarcerated for these accounts um yeah i mean he should be yeah you gotta like own up and be responsible for these actions and, and that's Especially the if they spend 13 days in court, right? It was 13 days. Seems like a lot of days to go through some of these cases, and there's so many cases. They must have been pretty sure, like, yes, this was criminal. Yes, exactly. You know, because there's you know, so many cases. Even though 13 days seems like a lot of days to go over stuff, but there's just so much to look at that. Yeah, and you know, they it, must it, have just been like, yep, you know. Well, it's crazy. It's yep. like, I actually kind of looked into that, and I was like, well, if someone has a trial for 13 days, I don't know much about, you know, trials and law and all that kind of stuff, but that's a long, that's a long trial, right? It feels like it. But then so, also you think about how many cases he had to go well, true, over. True. So, and I feel like at what point as a judge are you just like, all right, that's enough. You know, slammed yeah, up. Like, you know? But, but I, so I, so I had to look into this and I was like, you can't do that. what this kind of defense? But I also looked into it. What kind of defense could he have? I wanted to look into that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What are you going to say? Good question. You're going to, you know, because they got to, I'm sure his defense hired some expert witnesses and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just want to know what they would say. Like, and, and how I, would and you I, defend him? Well, that's why I looked into it. So people would just be like probably his character, maybe? Well, here's the thing. So there's a couple of different accounts of, of what was said, you know, and I'm not, not, not going to take any names of who these people were, but they're different, different neurosurgeons, you know? Um, and so one said in, in defense that, you know, this only, the only way this happens is that the entire system fails. Um, so it wasn't the doctor's fault, it's the system's fault. <laughs> okay. Uh, still, that person did those things. Yeah. No, and then like, another person said the conditions in the environment didn't support this doctor well enough. And these conditions in the environment still exist. So... This could just happen again. It's not the doctor's fault. It's the conditions and environment's fault. Yeah. Again, like, he's the one that's holding these surgical yeah. tools. I mean, it's, I was kind of, like, blown away. Like, whoa, how do you defend this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's, they went down. That's what was said. These are experts oh in the field. These are experts in the field. And so, um, 
No, that's insane. I mean, that's just wild, though. But And this mm-hmm. literally just happened a few years ago. Like, that's why I just, I can't fathom that. But that's why paper trail is so important. Yeah. And having emails are so important. It doesn't matter what field Documentation. You've got to have documentation. What field you're in and what... Everything's got to be black and white. Yeah. What field you're in or whatever, like... I know, like, a lot of people give me verbal, like, okay, I'm like, nope, I won't take it. No verbal for me. No, absolutely. Like, that's... Yeah. Correct. It has to be black and white. What do you think? Uh, well, I mean, I could tell you this right now. I'd be very... Um... I don't want to go to back surgery <laughs> or any kind of <laughs> ortho surgery right now. And I don't want to go to Texas. <laughs> uh, well, but I, mean, I know it's something against Texas. I love going have, to visit. They but... have great doctors there. I mean, there's yeah, great I hear they have great medical. Great, they have great so, but it's just like, and... just for right now. <laughs> but right now I'll stay pe- here. People can, you know, kind of fall through the, you know, the, oh the, 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 the check systems within the, Within the system, and it sounds insane. It does. So it, it sounds adds, insane. It actually right? does. It sounds like it's, it almost sounds like it's, like it's not real. Yeah, but it but it is. I yeah. I don't oh know. Gosh. I don't know how. I don't know. Well, I cannot, I cannot believe it. I want to say thanks for sharing that story with me, but yet I'm like I can't even believe that story exists. I mean, <laughs> and there's there's a lot of different no, mysteries in no. the medical world. You know? Yes, you're supposed to be healing as a doctor, not killing. I mean, that's the goal. I know. I know it's someone. The fact that someone got through it's gonna suck. Unfortunate. Well, friends, thanks for joining us. And if you like what you heard, remember to hit like and subscribe for Thriving Thursdays and Medical Mystery Mondays here at Yogi Doc. Also, connect with us on social media at yogidoc.tt. If you'd like to be a guest on our show and check out any of the podcast notes, links, or calendars, check us out at telethrive.net slash podcasts. That's T-E-L-A-T-H-R-I-V-E dot net slash podcasts. Don't forget to check with your own healthcare provider with any information that you heard on the show. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections and errors. Until next time, keep thriving.